0: This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio
1: Player app.
0: This is Mike Smith filling in for Simi Sarah today. Let's talk now about sexual assault cases in Canada involving adolescent girls aged 12 to 17 years old. These are disturbing cases, to say the least. A brand new report out says the vast majority of these cases are young girls being abused by much older men, often a male family member. The authors of the report say the study explodes the myth of statutory rape among young people. My guest is a co author of the report, Professor Isabel Grant from the University of BC Law School. Professor Grant, welcome.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for coming on. All right, your report says the findings undermine the statutory rape myth. So let's start with that. What is the definition of statutory rape?
1: Statutory rape usually refers to um, sexual activity where the complainant was under the age of consent. So the law says that the complainant is incapable of giving consent. And so consent is not an issue, but the complainant's age is an issue. And what we mean by the statutory rape myth is it's sometimes said that these are what one might call technical or formal sexual assaults, but they're not real sexual assaults as we think of that term involving force or coercion. Um, and in fact, what we found is that the vast majority of these cases are what are not formal or technical sexual assaults. But rather, real sexual assault in any way that one could um, understand that term. Right,
0: right. And the, the age of consent is 18?
1: For most offenses, it's 16 in Canada. It 16. used to be 14 until 2008. There are a few offenses like child prostitution that have a higher age of consent of 18, but for most offenses, it's 16.
0: Right, so the, I guess the myth of statutory rape, I, I guess maybe in some people's mind, people might imagine two young people, right? Like maybe, I don't know, you have a 15-year-old exactly. girl. Exactly, that's who, what
1: we wanted to see. Yeah. We wanted to see our young men. In Canada, we have what's called close-in-age exceptions, so that if the um, potential accused person is within a few years and age of the complainant, uh, he cannot be charged. So, we wanted to see, is it young men just outside those exceptions who are being charged, And what we found is overwhelmingly, it's much older men who are being charged with these crimes.
0: right, okay let's uh, how did you undertake your study?
1: Well, we're limited in our study to looking at uh, cases that have made their way to Canadian courts. We looked at a three year period from 2014 to 2016 inclusive from all jurisdictions in Canada and we put together a database of over 600 judgments from um, everything we could find involving a complainant within this age range and then we looked at those cases. Now we acknowledge that this should not be taken as a reflection of what's happening in the world, Um, these are the cases that have made it to court and have gone to verdict or in some cases to sentencing. Um, So we're not making statements about what's actually happening in the world. We're making statements about um, what judges are doing with the cases that get to court.
0: Okay, over 600 cases, but sexual assault, of course, a very underreported crime. I guess for maybe people who feel victims who might feel embarrassment or fear or any other number of reasons. So, Do you think the actual numbers here of sexual assault cases against young girls could be much higher?
1: Oh, I think that's almost certainly the case. Yeah. Uh, we know that very few cases get reported and then we dr- lose some more cases between the stage of reporting and charges being laid and then we lose more cases at every stage so that cases that get to verdict are just a tiny percentage of the cases that are actually happening in the world. We can't comment from our study what that number is, but we know it's considerably higher than the number of cases we found.
0: Okay, let's talk a little bit about some of the details in your report. What was the average age of of the victims here? And did you find like a a pattern of abuse? Like I imagine if you have a girl who is sexually abused over a, a long period of time, if it's by a family member, that abuse could go on for some time.
1: Um, it's difficult. To talk very precisely about the average age of the girl, because of what you just said, and that is that very often, particularly with family members, the abuse went over a, a number of years. If we look at if we looked at just um, the sort of more isolated sexual assaults, we found that the average age was around 12 to 13 years of age. Oh. But if we looked at abuse over time, we found that uh, for many girls, this abuse started when they were young children and continued on into the teen years. We only included them in our study if at some point they were sexually assaulted as a teenager, but for a large number of these girls, the sexual abuse um, began when they were children. Right. We had girls as young as four and six years of age uh, oh, reporting wow. that they were abused at that time. Wow. Almost it's... half of our cases were a male family member as the accused person. Right. Um, and in those cases, particularly Fathers, and that includes stepfathers, foster fathers, and adoptive fathers, as well as biological fathers, tended to um, often groom these girls from a young age, introducing you know sexualized content into their lives in other ways, controlling aspects of their sexuality, how they dressed, whether they were allowed to see boys outside the family um, sometimes fathers said this was just sexual education or religious education, but that as the girl got older, um, the abuse became increasingly invasive.
0: Are we talking in some and cases? One thing I'll
1: say about those yeah. cases, too, is just that the harm to girls was really profound in these cases. We saw that in sentencing cases. You often have what's called a victim impact statement, where the victim gives an account of what the damage has been. From the offense in her life, and sexual abuse over time by a family member has devastating impacts on on women. A number of our cases, almost twenty percent of our cases were cases that were prosecuted more than ten years after the sexual abuse ended, um, which shows you that for many women, this has lifelong consequences. Mm-hmm.
0: What about the conviction rates in these cases uh what these perpetrators did they did they go to jail? What happens to these abusers
1: um I- Again, that varies depending on... We looked at how that varied depending on the relationship to the complainant. We found the highest conviction rate was for strangers. So someone who had never met the complainant had no... The complainant didn't know this person. Um, the highest conviction rate remained with that group. And also the highest sentences went to strangers. We looked wow. at um, family members, for example. Father figures had a considerably lower conviction rate. Um, Roughly 65% of the cases that we looked at involved convictions um, that differed somewhat based on who who the accused was. Um, The sentences overall, I think it's fair to say that considerable sentences were being given for many of these cases. But again, we saw that strangers received the highest sentences, even though when you were looking at abuse by a family member, it often continued over a number of years, which one would think would make it a more serious offense than a one-time offense. Yeah. So we saw some problems with sentencing, but in general, the majority of our, the accused in our study were sentenced to penitentiary time, which means a sentence of two years or more.
0: Where do we go with this report, do you think? Do you think it should lead to any changes in your opinion? Do we need tougher laws, better better court uh, court system to deal with it, better protection for kids? What do you think should be the priority?
1: I mean, I think we need all of the above. One of the things that we wanted to do in this report is, is shine a light on the fact that, you know, we've had a lot of attention with the Me Too movement on on sexual assault and and violence against women. But one institution that has remained, that we haven't really talked about much in the context of Me Too, is the family. And I think our results tell us that we have to do a lot more um, to protect girls within the family, because almost half of these cases were a male family member, and often this abuse went on for a long period of time. So one of the things we wanted to do is get people realizing that the family is an institution that's deeply implicated in in sexual assault, particularly for this group of girls. But also, we're moving on to look at um other age groups. And and in fact, the family is deeply implicated in sexual assault at every potential age range. Really important
0: research. Thanks for coming on today to talk about it.
1: Thanks again for having me.
0: I appreciate it a lot. That is Professor Isabel Grant from the University of BC Law School.